All right, greetings and uh, welcome to the table in the tavern. Uh, I'm your host, Patrick, and tonight we are uh, going to be playing a little D&D, &D. and for that I've brought some of my friends. Um, I'd like to go around the table, introduce everyone, and then we'll get into a little bit of recap, uh, character recap, or player recap. Uh, start to uh, my right here, that is uh, Chris. Chris, you want to go ahead and give us a... Uh, a little bit of a brief, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and the character you're going to be playing tonight. Sorry about that. Um, well, uh, my name's Chris, a bunch of my friends and, uh, gamers call me Drake. Um, based on an old D&D nickname from high school, just kind of stuck. Um, I'll be playing a, a wood elf ranger wizard, um, female named Alia Windrider, and uh, I'm, I've taken, sorry, I've kind of taken the path of a uh, Drake Warden, but I still have a menagerie of critters that have followed me around. I have a, a squirrel beast animal companion, I've uh, kind of befriended and saved, well, I didn't really save, I kind of captured a, a giant spider that I've turned into a, another a, another companion, almost like broke it like a horse kind of deal, and uh, I, uh, so I'm, most of the people that would interact with me would assume that I'm a, a, a beast master, but uh, I'm not, but I have quite a, I am a ranger, so I have a lot of skills that way, I'm a my character is extremely loyal and uh, will pretty much do anything to safeguard her friends and uh, has, I think, more than proved that during the sessions. But, uh, and we're in a fix where we're all trying to figure out how to make the best out of a bad and increasingly developing worse situation. Thank you for that, Chris. Uh, and carrying on to further to my right is Matt. Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about the character you're going to play tonight. Um, I'm Matt. I am a friend of our fearless DM. Uh, Lucius is a self-causing amnesia warlock mm -hmm. with a fire genie patron. Self-causing being he gave up his memories in the past life to his for his powers and he is um, currently battling himself as far as new uh, the rumors of the the magical laws are going to be in place please uh, get feelings about that that's coming up and he is currently um, on a task given to him by his patron. Carrying on, next up we have Robert. Uh, Matt, uh, I'm going to try to turn you up a little bit. I'm a little, oh, I had all the way up. You're talking a little bit low. Uh, 
continuing on, uh, Robert. Yep. Uh, tonight I am going to be playing Willow. She is a fairy from the Feywilds, and uh, she's a little bit chaotic, caused a little bit of mischief in the process of trying to help everybody out, is very naive, and uh, keeps disappearing for, you know, short periods at a time to report back, and unfortunately is going to have to find her way back to the group today. All right. Uh, carrying on, we have... Uh... Amanda, Amanda, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about the character you're going to be playing tonight. Hi, I'm Amanda. I'll be playing a Alistar druid named Gaia. She right. is on trying to save the environment. All right. Um, continuing on, Ashley, we have uh, a fellow DM, DM Dan. DM Dan and I, we are doing a, uh, what would you call it, a 2DM system right there? Oh, and by the way, the music yeah, you're hearing yeah. is provided by Mad Existence, a uh, band that has sponsored us, so uh, please enjoy. But uh, Dan, yes, uh, please go ahead and tell us a little about yourself and about what you might expect for the session tonight. Um, yeah, we are using a what's called a 2DM system. Um, it's uh, We've kind of... Uh, Kind of uh, gotten the Wayback Machine and, and, and pulled it out of the past. Uh, it was tried once years and years and years ago. And uh, we're going to see if we can make it work here. And part of this 2DM system is um, I'll be assisting Pat and trying to take some of the burden off of his shoulders by playing uh, NPCs and monsters and at the same time trying to make the players' lives a little more interesting in the process. Yeah. Uh... Carrying on, we have uh, next up Curtis. Curtis, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about the character you're going to play? No, I'm Curtis. Uh, I'm playing Kaitho, a uh, tiefling monk that's actually taken a step into wizard. So, um, yeah, so we're just going to see how that one plays out. Indeed. Uh, carrying on, we have uh, Andrew. Andrew hasn't been with us for a little while. Uh, he's actually started this game with us, but uh, he has found it difficult to, in his work schedule, to be able to be available. But he is here tonight. Andrew, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about the character you're going to be playing tonight? Hi, Andrew. Sometimes they call me Scrappy-Doo. I, I play character Alistair, who travels far and is trying to unlock the secrets of his past. Indeed. Indeed you are. Um, and now uh, to give you a brief understanding of what has gone on since the last time you've been here, uh, Andrew. So listen in a little bit. And uh, we were talking about a little bit before we started playing. But uh, why don't we give a little bit of a, a recap of what happened last time we played for those that were available. Uh, please, I'll let you guys take a Anyone? All right, well, so we'll do this in, in a set then. So, Kythos and I, we, uh, near the beginning of the last session, we, uh, had to, uh, I 
I'd watch my Ilya had watched Kythos's master wander off into the woods for a duel. So my character had tracked down Kythos to let him know what was going on with his with his master. And uh, some sort of altercation going on in this in the town that sidetracked us for a few minutes. I don't 100% remember what that was. So I'm going to let somebody else fill in that event. Because when it got to a point that looked like it was under control, Kythos and I headed off into the woods to see about his his, his master, his training his training mentor. And uh, we got out there, we, we got far enough away, just close enough we could see they were fighting, and they got ambushed by trolls. So Kythos went running in, and I'm following, and as I get closer, I get hit by two trolls as well, and we ended up having this whole altercation with these five trolls, which ended with a, in a crazy stalemate between me and three of them while I stood over one that was prone and basically talked my way out of getting having to fight the other two trolls and kind of mutually re left the situation while making sure at least it could salvage as many people without getting killed. While this was going on, Kythos is basically watching his master get drug away by a troll. So he goes running after the troll, ends up beating the troll down, gets his master back and heads back to town. In the meantime, I'm back to town. I'm trying to gather help back out to find Kythos to make sure he's okay. Um, I get to the edge of town. I see Kythos coming with his mask over his shoulder. This altercations takes place. And this uh, the town constable or sheriff or whatever, whatever the title is comes up with a couple of his uh, deputies or aides. And between us, we, we get Kythos back into town and the trolls retreat. And uh, the this is all going on while there's this problem with this this fire issue with fire elementals coming from some volcano or something to the north that's first and coming in the direction of this town. And we're trying to figure out what we're going to do about sa saving the town or having to evacuate the town and all this other stuff. There are a couple of things that went on in that, this session that were revolving around other characters, and I'll let somebody else fill those gaps in. Okay, well, the since uh, you were referring to before you guys uh, followed uh, Kythos's uh, master um, would have been uh, my stumbling onto Chad having a knife held to his throat. Um, Chad was a uh, is a bounty hunter that now that we've uh, or now we have discovered, and he was specifically here. Uh, looking for uh, Lucius's uh, friend and mentor. And uh, he keeps coming up and confronting them. And uh, this time it came to blows. And so um, it was an entire party effort. I think just about everybody had to get involved to take the guy down. And uh, towards the end of the confrontation, where Lucius was actually trying to help his mentor escape, um, he discovered his mentor uh, is actually a bad guy and uh, even tried to rob him while he was trying to save him. And so um, that was where Willow left off uh, to go and uh, report to the Fey Wilds. So I'm not sure what was going on with the uh, fire in the north. Lucius, you want to fill us in on uh, those elementals? Uh, 
So as far <laughs> as far as Lucius goes, the event that took place with, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, my mentor's name was Zill. Um, Lucius had gathered the materials necessary for our firebreak plan that we've talked over a couple times. And while essentially waiting, because it was supposed to be the following day, I was alerted to uh, meetings and with the, I believe, the nobles and the mayor that were in town that's supposed to take place the following day as well. And I saw my window of opportunity for this fire break starting to narrow. So Lucius decided to jump on the chance to do it. And he went by himself, taking all the casts of oil he could carry into the woods uh, towards the direction of the fentals. Um, But Lucius did a little bit of extra stuff. He, he created a fire. And as a trying to get his patron to help, he stuck his hand into the fire as a sign of what's the word I'm looking for? Devotion? Personal sacrifice? Yes, <laughs> both worked fine. Um, and as his help in achieving the goal which his patron set before him which was um, essentially to keep the fire burning. So not only was I going to keep the fire burning, I was going to add to it in the disguise of a fire break. And after pushing off my bones, uh, the patron decided that he would lend me the flame and I cast fireball into the forest at several gallons of oil. And that's where Lucius left off, was after a big boom. Thank you for that, Lucius. That is is apt. Very correct. Um, There was also a bit that went on with uh, Chad last session, but it involved a particular druid that, uh, Made her way across the bridge before Lucius did. And you had a particular encounter. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that there, Amanda? Do I? Do you remember you having an encounter the last time you uh, we played? Uh, something about uh, laughing yeah. in the woods. Yes. Night hags. Nothing familiar at all. I find it familiar, but I sure find it familiar. And Willow, uh, Willow has a, a particular distaste of night hags. And I know Chad won't be. Unfortunately, Chad's player is having internet issues. Also, the pains of D and D is often. Ooh, getting feedback from one of you. I think it's you, Amanda. Can I ask you to mute yourself when you're not talking or switch over to push to talk? Thank you. Um, 
had a little issue with internet, so he's not going to be able to uh, to play with us this evening. Anyway, uh, we had you and Chad going off into the woods, and you were trying to make your way to some grove that you've heard about through a little birdie. Birdie that came in the guise of, well, a dragon that came in the guise of a bird. A dragon that you befriended. And you continue making your way, uh, actually, northeast into the, uh, into the forest, following the pathway. Now, this is a pathway that Willow knows well. Of course, oftentimes he traverses. Hold, hold on uh, just a few moments there, Chris. I'll circle back around you, I promise. Um, Willow, coming back from the Fae, um, often takes his journey uh, across the very forest that you now pass through. Of course, Willow often goes above the tree line, avoiding hawks and eagles, but also avoiding creatures that may dwell within. Some that plague you even now in your dreams. And it is to that end that Willow, passing, making your way back to Red Clover Fields from the Fae, which you often travel, you notice you see two friends of yours making their way in the direction you are coming from. Okay. Um, obviously, uh, Willow is going to fly down and um, ask um, where everybody is heading and what I can do to help. So, uh, Amanda, flying out of the sky is not a bird. It's not a bee. It's a willow. Um, and comes and hovers there in the road in front of you, greets you as he normally does, and asks, you know, where you're headed. I'm off to find a grove. Would you like to fly along with? Find a grove? Um, I, I don't think there are any groves in that direction. I believe there are. Let's find out together, shall we? Sure. Uh, let me lead. As you wish. Okay. Uh, Willow is going to take out her uh, bird pipes, and uh, as is her usual uh, form, and start playing a jaunty tune as I lead uh, um, slightly path to make it to said growth. So, it's already a bit late in the day, and you, Willow, were hoping to make your way to uh, Red Clover Fields before nightfall. And it is to this end that now you find yourself going further out into the wilderness as the sun begins to recede upon the horizon. A interesting sunset Lots of gold and reds and oranges as its rays travel through a great smog that is created by the immense output of this volcano uh, with, of course, poisonous gas and ash that suffocate the area. Um, 
I think Willow is going to try and be um, sneaky about asking, why are you looking for a grove at this evening uh, when it would be obviously better, more beneficial to, uh, you know, be within the safety of the, the town confines? Ah, I believe your question may have to wait. Uh, while we while we wait for you to come back around to that, Chris, you had a uh, a query. Please, uh, what um, was that? Actually, it was something that there's something that took place last time that that uh, at least Kaitos and I saw when we were in the woods, and I thought I'd bring it up. And it was the flight of wyverns that flew over with riders heading in the direction of the fiery volcano thing. That is true. As night descended upon, as darkness descended upon you, as the night became, uh, the dark of the evening closed in upon you, you did see these wyverns riding across, heading towards the volcano. That's correct. Um, so, Amanda, as you were exiting the room, as you were exiting the room a moment ago, Willow had a query as to why you would be out looking for a grove at this hour. I'm out looking for some friends to help in my mission to help the get rid of the pollution. Okay. Um, and you have the Chad with us, or who was the other individual that was in with... Okay, it's Chad. Um, he travels at a distance behind you, uh, making sure that none of that laughing seems to be following. He kind of gave him the heebie-jeebies. Oh, Willow. We, uh, we heard some laughing, and we weren't sure where it was coming from, so she, we went off of the road into the woods a bit. To find out, and we just so happened to see something with scary glowing eyes and a scary smile, and it did not look like a good time. So we went back to the road. You must keep. You just gave me an even better reason to make sure we are back in town before nightfall officially gets here. Is there any way I can talk you into waiting until tomorrow to mount an expedition to some supposed growth? I would have procrastinated too long. Uh, so, so I really can't persuade you. No, I apologize. Okay. Um, I, I, I've had some encounters with these um, laughing individuals, and uh, I can tell you right now that they are quite a nightmare to deal with at night. I'm afraid uh, I'm going to actually leave you and run back to town. Do you wish? Okay. Uh, Chad, are, are, are you sticking with Gaia, or are you uh, going to follow me back to town where it's safe for the night? Uh, I, Gaia, uh, I'm sorry, uh, ch the Chad says, the Chad must uh, protect the druid through the woods. Uh, I will accompany her. Make sure she's safe. Okay, well, the, the, um, 
There, there is a clearing if you would go just a little bit more to the east than what you guys are trying to head. You'll have to be off-road a little bit. And uh, I wish you luck with getting there. And uh, I'm actually going to zip out of there as fast as I possibly can to, to avoid night hags. Um, if I may, Mr. Miss Fairy, uh, I don't know you well, but I know you, I know you well enough to warn you uh, about some mysterious laughing in the woods. Um, uh, we don't know where it came from, some sort of disembodied voice. It really did give me the willies. Uh, be careful. Don't stray from the path. And it's in the direction you have to go to get back to town. Have fun. Yeah. Um, which is half of the reason why I'm trying to get back to town before nightfall. Um, I, I would have been just fine leading them astray until they met them. Uh, but, but now I have to uh, get back to town myself and, and I'll, I'll lead a search and rescue party tomorrow to find them. <laughs> um, Willow? Mm hmm Did you mean to say lead them astray? Yes. Because you said that you would have, it would have been a pleasure to lead them astray, which would be absolutely not to where they were supposed to be going. Exactly. Okay. So, I, I don't. I, I don't want to lead them to my to my uh, grove that that leads to the Feywilds. May May I? Oh, okay. May I? Um, ask you both to roll me a perception check, please. The roll a what check? Sorry. A perception. Please. Okay. Me too. Uh, yes, please. 15. I'm at 20, 28. As uh, you begin discussing your ploy or whatever, their willow, you begin to fly off and something catches your eye. Something catches your eye in the trees themselves. Something looks all too human and yet bestial at the same time. Dan, if you will. Yep. Uh so, as the, as the three of you uh, are looking up in this tree that was just mentioned, uh, there's one massive beat of a huge pair of wings, and a, and a huge form lands on the ground on all four paws. It immediately starts pacing very slowly back and forth in front of you, as if playing its splendid muscular form. While it's looking at you guys, it says, well, well, well. What have we here? It's a huge winged feline form with a human face and spikes sticking off the end of its tail. Can Willow do a nature check to try and identify this creature? I would imagine at Pat's discretion that you probably don't even need a check to identify it. It's a go ahead. You would probably you can make it make a check go. Please 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 go ahead. Okay. I will too. Okay. 
Ouch. Well, Willow is apparently too busy uh, trying to save her own skin to pay attention to, to what just scared the crap out of her. Uh, I have four. Ten. Yeah, yeah, I knew what it was. I was just saying for... Um, you see what looks like a lion, yet with bat-like wings and a face like a human. A mixture of many creatures, perhaps some sort of chimera. You're not really certain. Though. But your thoughts do travel back to Gaia, a day where you were looking for a lion. You came upon a wagon that had been attacked by some sort of creature with spines made of iron. And you notice with your beautiful natural 20 of a perception that this creature has a tail with spines made of iron. While you guys are pondering your situation, the creature continues to speak. His next words to you are these woods belong to my master, and so they are mine as I see fit. And right now, I'll offer you the choice of a quick death, but only if you beg me. Can I offer you some rations instead? Chad draws a sword. You Stimitar. Hold on a moment. You are rations. The Chad draws his his scimitar with a flourish. He says, My life will not so easily be extinguished, creature. As soon as the creature sees the scimitar, you notice an unusual look come across its face as he stares at the sword. It's almost as if he's forgotten the rest of you. And he says, my master is merciful, so I'll give you guys another, your metal, all of it, or your lives. My metal. All of it. Coins, too. Coins, armor, so all of it. He looks at the two of you. I've got a bit of metal myself, but I don't wish to part with it so easily. What do you think? Well, I think you should try to hand him some, and then I can do the same thing that we had to deal with in town. He says, I, I haven't been paid for my bounty yet. I've only got about 20 gold, but he tosses it. I have 160. So, it's it's uh, a toll you want, he says. You creatures, you grow in your, uh, in your manners. He tosses a small koi pouch. Creature laughs, 
and it continues to preen and flex in front of you as if to display its sheer awesomeness. Clearly, the creature is completely impressed with his own power and abilities. He looks down at that toss and says, not nearly enough. I would have your weapons and your armor. And my master is not patient. Uh, I, I think at this point, if he's not going to swipe the uh, coin purse up at, in the process of, of uh, negotiating, I think we need to just open up with a, an unexpected barrage. All right. I do have a coin set of 160. Uh, he's not being satisfied with just the gold, though. He's asking for our armor and weapons as well. Why don't we chew on that for just a moment? Kythos, you drag this cane, your master, with the help of um, Alia, into the windmill and bring him inside, setting him on what furniture you have available. Uh, he thanks you for the courtesy and holds his leg in great pain. He says, that creature, it really pays a wallop. Thank you for rescuing. He says to you, Kythos. Well, yeah, I'm, of course I'm going to help you. You're my master. My, you know, sensei. So. But I fear what may happen to I may not like her. There's no secret that I have no good blood between myself and that girl. But I didn't wish for a fate like this for her. Uh, Patrick? Yeah. Am, I'm present. I'm present? Yes, you are. All right, I walk over to uh, his master, and uh, I cast Cure Wounds on uh, on his leg. Okay, go ahead and roll that for on me. On the wound. Okay, it's, uh, it's a D8 plus three. Okay. I rolled a three plus three, so it's six points. You uh, lay your hands on his knee and he pulls back. You reassure him that it'll be fine. He uh, relaxes and glowing comes from your hand as it does its job mending some of the damage to his knee. Uh, but still, it, it's difficult, he says. It's as almost like taking an arrow to the knee. Sorry, <laughs> I had to. Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> um, no, uh, I wonder, Kythos, you have much wisdom, and much courage. I may not uh, be getting around too much in the near future. All the more 
time to teach you a new lesson, he says. And he makes a flourish with a hand. You see a blue flame pulls from his palm. It grows bright for a moment and then blips out. He says, what do you know of magic? Only what I saw in that book you gave me. I read about it, but had was intrigued. I thought I saw something weird in that book. It does. Uh, what was the blue? What was the blue flame? Do I know? Uh yes. Go ahead and roll me an Arcana check. I'm rolling one too, just cause. Okay. Um, I got a nine. Nineteen or nine. Nine, nine, nineteen total. Uh, so Chris, <clears throat> you you recognize the spell right away as what's referred to as prestidigitation, a minor cantrip, a trick, just a, little, a brief, you know, more showy than anything else. Um, Kythos. It uh, you you know of uh, magic and its many uh, many wonders and the spell, of course, he did. You you think it's some sort of cantrip of of sort, uh, not anything too boastful. Um, perhaps just a trick. A yeah, we'll say you know at least it as prestidigitation, a basic cantrip. In fact, it was one of the spells that was detailed in this book, as you said. He says it does go into a little bit about magic, some universal, as one I just performed for you. But, he says, as he produces uh, a couple of different large books and he hands them to you. There is much more to endeavor in the ways of magic through the threat, but it takes much patience. Are you good with, uh, how is your penmanship? Your calligraphy? I'm proficient in calligraphy, I think. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Good. Excellent. You'll want to be good with writing. Reading, of course. Your memory. That's the uh, true power. Now, I do believe I saw a bit of uh, a talent in you, Miss. Uh, Alia, is it? You were hurling fire yeah. bolts in the troll. He, you know, he's remarking about yeah. that. Perhaps yeah, they were uh, not too. Perhaps you uh, too could uh, assist a pupil in a bit of uh, what it takes to become a good spellcaster. Uh, tell me, what does your power come from, within or through books, the same as I? Basically, what you're a wizard. And you know of everything he speaks of. Uh, I thought I knew 
the title. Perhaps uh, take some time to scribe a few spells. Uh, learn some from my spell. He says, says oh, pardon me. So Kaitos, is he giving us access to his spellbook? To uh, Yeah. A perfect opportunity to show off my new journal slash spellbook I got from one link at a time. So he produces a spellbook very similar to this and opens it up and begins thumbing through some of the pages. So perhaps we so could to teach him about magic. Curtis had expressed to me the desire to multi-class into wizard. So I thought it would be a fun little roleplay thing for him to do so. So is he offering is he offering both of us access to spells? He he is he is going to yes, tutor a bit, apprentice uh, Kythos further, not only into the martial arts, but into the mystic arts. He was just telling you to, more or less, he was just no. telling you to ask to help out, like, kind of... You are a wizard, too, of course, and yes, perhaps there's a spell in here, a spell or two in here that maybe you could acquire as well. Hmm. Um, so, Kythos, you pull open one of the books and open up, uh, thumb through some of the pages. You see a number of different spells, some like Magic Missile, of course, minor can cantrips like Firebolt. Um, you can recognize some of the languages uh, that are written. What languages do you understand? Mm, give me a second. It should be on the front of your character sheet, right under your, uh, right under your senses, like your passive perception. Yeah, passive. it'll be down on the bottom of that. that. It should be down under your weapons and tools. Oh, uh, Abyssal, abyssal, common and infernal. Oh, interesting twist. You are a tiefling after all. Um, he says your ancestral background could assist you here. Perhaps your blood will remember. He says, and he thumbs through a few pages. Now this is something to aspire to. Something very powerful, and great power, of course, takes great temperament. He shows you the spell that says Fireball. Perhaps one day I'll teach you this, but for now, let's start with the basics. And he lists out a couple of different spells like Firebolts, and, you know, Prestidigitation, uh, true strike, you know, different things, and offers up some cantrips for you. 
have you thought about the spells that you want to take as a uh, as a wizard, or have you already done that? Uh, I've got some. You do. Okay. What did you choose? Uh, I've got cantrips, um, blade ward, firebolt, sword burst. Okay. Um, I've got absorb elements, alarm, burning hands, bolt, cause fear, charm person, chromatic orb, detect magic, false life, fog cloud, ice knife, jump, long strider, mage armor, magic missile, protection from good and evil, shield, snare, thunder wave, unseen servant, witch bolt. You have a nice little plethora of spells. I like it. So, um, yeah, uh, you uh, are given, of course, some a vial of ink from him. And he pulls out of his satchel, and then he also produces uh, a um, small uh, box. And from the box, he pulls what looks like some paper. He says it'll it'll take a bit of scribing to uh, to get these spells all. Uh, put into your spell book it will of course take time and i have plenty of time uh, but for now maybe i should focus on healing uh tell me uh where may i dress my wounds uh is there a place that you uh have in this he looks around at the windmill some place i might be able to rest for a while He looks at you, Ailey. Um, there's like an level with another with a room or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I tell him he can go up into the the loft or the other room or whatever and make himself comfortable, make himself feel at home. Thank you. Uh he he bows to you, and thanks you immensely. He says, "Begin to familiarize yourself with some of the wording. I will, of course, have to." translate some of them for you so you can understand them in your dialect. Um, this, of course, is mostly written in Draconic, but there are some abyssal spells in there. Um, please have a look. And he excuses himself. Um, he says, come up to uh, the, uh, we'll call it a catway, whenever you are ready to begin your lessons. And he begins making his way up the stairs. Um, Kaito, Kaito, yes. Kaito, Go ahead. Kaito, I tell you, I speak Draconic fluently, so if you need help deciphering any of it, I can help you with it while he's resting. Okay. Okay. I see the baby. Matt, you're outside. Matt Zuka. Hello. So you're outside in the town. Uh, well, no, actually, you were across the river on the other side of the bridge. You had recently plunged your hand into the flame in order to receive the blessings of your master. The fire still glows around you. It does not burn you. You can feel this great energy surging through you. 
What are you wanting to do? The forest sends a blaze before you, and towering above you sees you see this uh, massive plateau carrying aloft a volcano that spews fire here and there. As you watch, I apologize. I asked you what you wanted to do, and I'll continue to talk. But as you watch, a, a ball of magma fires out from the volcano, begins to make its way to the uh, town of Red Clover Fields. It slams against a great force field that is a barrier that has been erected above it, held in place by these great mages that were brought in by Lady um, Eliza, Alyssa. Um, you see the trail of fire stream out and then it burst against the shield. This energy begins to uh, um, ripple out from the source of the uh, explosion. You look and with this great power and this great scene before you, what would you like to do? <coughs> Surrounded by fire. Um, is there, um, Lucius would like to see if I can get a grasp on the feeling to be able to recall it later. Uh, the feeling that has overcome you, the sense of power. Okay, got it. As you uh, are focusing inward, you glance up at the shield or the force shield and see these creatures begin flying over this dome. They all have these long bat-like wings that span outward at least 12 to 15 feet in diameter. Long tails and a long cylindrical body as well, all with adorned with riders. Please go ahead and roll me a nature or a uh, you can roll me a nature or arcana check. Seven. Uh, these, Arcana. these look like a, some sort of great dragon and some sort of great dragon riders as they fly over the city of Red Clover Fields, making their way towards this plateau of fire uh, bearing this um, um, volcano that spews molten lava over the sides of the plateau, spilling out upon the fields of, and the trees setting them ablaze. Uh what would you like to do? Um if I understand correctly, I have a feeling that as far as the fire and stuff that the floating plateau is doing, I'm not to try to intervene with um for my patrons as far as the dragons go I feel like that's punching. Par pardon me, just one moment, man. I apologize immensely. I did ask. I did say earlier that I was having a very hard time hearing you, and you have since then adjusted so greatly that your 
I'm hearing you too good. Can you bring your your volume down just a little bit on your thing, and I'll correct you here because I'm getting a little. It's like I can hear Saturn behind you. How's that going now? Very good. Thank you. <laughs> Continue. All right. Um, um, so my patron requested not to interrupt anything with the fire. So, and as far as the dragons and the dragon riders go, uh, I feel like that's crouching way above my weight class. So... That's going to do its thing without me, because I am not strong enough yet to interact with either of those things. But I like what this part is doing to me now, so I think I'm going to try to focus on that and try to work on being able to control it better. These creatures, they and their riders, uh, ten strong, a fist of them, continue to fly overhead. They don't seem to notice you, and if they do, they don't care as they continue flying overhead. As uh, they're they're at like you know three hundred feet in these in the sky, uh, you're almost like a burning bush to them. Uh, but of course, you're a person. Uh, and they just continue flying overhead. They don't seem to notice you at all. If they, like I said, if they if they did notice you, they they're not. They don't care. Their sights are set upon that plateau. The hovering, you know, spewing fire everywhere. <clears throat> and they continue heading off into the distance. Uh, their wings, of course, you can hear them uh, uh, beat against the air and almost like a great howl as they do you see a line or dripping almost forming a line that goes kind of over you this green fluid that seems to be oozing from these creatures is not like any dragon you've ever seen man these things are hideous ugliest dragons you've ever seen of course, you haven't seen too many dragons. You know a dragon when you see it. That's definitely a dragon. Just really ugly. <laughs> it's actually a wyvern, but you wouldn't know that with a low roll as you have. But it's definitely so that green, that green slime stuff falls near me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, near enough for you to see it, um, trailing, almost leaving a line. It's like, have you ever seen Double Dare back in the day, Slime Time? That's like wyverns all the time. It is always slime time when it comes to wyverns. Um, could I, could I cast Identify on it? Or would that distract me from what I want? No, uh, of course, you know, the fire, you know, it's burning, but, you know, all, you know, you're engulfed in this flame, but yeah, it makes it easier to boil the wine that way. <laughs> Needed well, to was, do identify, but 
but why don't you go ahead and, and take a closer look? Make make a investigation check. Fourteen. So you inspect it closer. It seems to be some type of, I don't know, venom, kind of? Perhaps a venom that these creatures secrete? I know. As far as better. what its properties are, you'd have to do some testing. Or you could actually go ahead and cast Identify if you'd like. Of course, you know, that would take ten minutes as a ritual spell. Unless you were going to extend the spend the spell slot. Yep, um, that's about as much information as I need from it, I think. If it's some kind of venom, I don't know better, so maybe it's a venom dragon. It could be. So, uh, what would you like to do at this point? You're out there um, making the greatest barbecue the world's ever seen. Uh, it would basically be trying to not get hit by stuff and focusing on the power that I have on me now um, until it goes away. Because that's before I return to town. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you're out there being a fireball. And we're going to go back out to Amanda. Amanda. I, I do, I do want to focus on me being a fireball, though, because this is something that I wish to harness. Okay, so you focus on that, indeed. Uh, meanwhile, going back out into the woods, we find Amanda and Willow and Chad, and they've come across some sort of fiendish creature in the woods um, that laughs at your offering of coins and demands more. Chad, of course, is like, I don't know why I can give it all my stuff. So we were giving a little debate about that. What do we think? While you guys are thinking, in a clear threat display, it flashes its claws so it's in plain view, swings its tail around so you can see the spikes swaying back and forth. And in a taunting voice, it says, you need to decide, little ones. You need to decide now. And my brothers are hungry, and they're coming for you. So, Willow and uh, Gaia, what do you think? I'm going to approach with my dagger and rapier uh, in a non-attacking gesture, uh, as well as my coins. Uh, those are the only metal things I have on my character and uh, try to get close enough to cast Thunder Wave um, on the creature. <clears throat> so, if you guys would, I have Roll20 pulled up. Um, Gaia and uh, Willow. And to that end, the, the map does depict uh, where you guys are and so forth. Uh, if that would help, uh, I see... Matt and Willow, you were there. Um, Matt and Robert, rather. 
Okay, it's a 15-foot range. I have a 30-foot flight, so I can get close enough with making the gesture of trying to give up my metal items um, to go ahead and cast Thunder Wave on the Mana Core. Uh, I can't move my own token, though, so... Oh, sorry, I didn't give you guys the ability to do that yet. Uh, pardon me. You should be able to now. Uh, Amanda, uh, I do have Roll20 pulled up. I don't know if... I know Matt has always had a link to that. He's on there now. But do you need me to send you a link to Roll20 so you can see where you are on the map? Or are you okay with the description? And maybe somebody's sharing Roll20 onto Discord. You can hear me, right, Amanda? Yes, I can. Okay. What would you prefer? You gonna are you gonna try to get on roll twenty, or do you want someone to share it, or are you okay with just verbal description? Verbal description is okay. All right, understood. Just going forward. Okay. So uh, Willow, you should be able to move your character now, and to that end, uh, you can also see the. Uh, um, It's about 35, 40 feet from you. Okay. And you want to do what so now? I'm going to approach uh, the 30 feet uh, flight distance that I have, which puts me directly on top of the bush. Yep, yeah. right there. Uh, and then I'm going to cast Thunder Wave, a 15-foot cone. Uh, but I'm, I'm using the gesture of giving up my rapier and dagger and coins to come close enough to actually cast it. Okay. Um, I'm going to cast it third level. I, I do want to let you know, uh, uh, Robert, I did, I do, you do have permission now to use your token, move your token, all players, uh, just so you will know. And go ahead and, is that spell going to require a save, or is it an attack, as it were? No, it, it's a save. Okay, and what is the uh, save? Constitution uh, needs to be 16, and it's Constitution. Uh, Dave, go ahead and make a uh, Constitution saving throw for me, please, with your magic core. Uh, roll the 4. Plus 3, 7. All right, so what happens to the magic core in that situation, Robert? Um, it's going to be... Well, it, it gets to take uh, 48... Uh, thunder damage gets knocked back an additional 10 feet. And... You you hear that? That's it, actually. You get to take damage. And you get to get knocked back <laughs> 10 feet. So I'll help you out <laughs> with that a little bit. How lucky are you, Dan? Do you feel lucky? <laughs> <laughs> so you push the uh, core back and he stumbles. Uh, as he was in a tree, it begins to make a fall. Uh, Dan, can you go ahead and just do a dexterity for me, please, please as you're on top? Yep. Dex plus three. Oh. <laughs> you're not going to believe this. 20 plus three. 23. Am I dexterity safe? So, pushed out of the tree, you expand your wings. 
wings and take flight, hovering in the air. Uh, and gently damage, allowing your... 20 thunder damage. Uh, but not before you take 20 thunder damage, Dan. And then you slowly settle yourself down to the ground. Instead of yep. flopping down, you float down. Uh, and that at that point in time, we are going to go ahead and, and Gaia, is there anything you would like to do in this surprise I guess I'm just going to make sure I'm ready. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to have Chad, as he uh, has his trusty javelin, he's going to say, you want iron? Take some. And he's going to lob his <laughs> javelin at, uh, at the manticore. He rolls a 15 to hit. Dan, is that going to work? Uh, 15 adjusted or 15 adjusted? Uh, 15 total. 15 total is, matter of fact, it is. Okay. Yep. Uh, that is going to be a, a D6 plus one coming out to three points of piercing damage. Okay. Um, the thunder wave hits and knocks him out of the tree. Lands easily on his feet saying while he's doing it don't you foolish little ones know cats always land on their feet and with that roll initiative everyone oh, back to my usual low rolls four uh, uh, do you need me to roll initiative two or am I uh, am I, not I, I apologize uh, um, Andrew I'll get to you in just a moment I apologize I do apologize no, I meant to get I'm around to you but uh -huh. I didn't have anyone in town to do so. No, you're good. Um, you said a four there, Dan? Unfortunately, I rolled a four. All right. Uh, Willow, what was your initiative? Twelve. Twelve. Okay. And Gaia? Twenty. Twenty-one? Twenty-two. 22. Gaia, I hope that uh, in that preparation, you decided what you were going to do because it's your turn. What would you like to do? The uh, the uh, Banshee of course, is forced out of the tree as your companions lose a, uh, a volley of attacks against it. It mocks you. Don't you know cats always land on their feet? And what would you say to that? How far away is it from me? Well, it appears from where I'm sitting that uh, you are, in fact, uh, 60 feet from the creature. I suppose I'm going to try to do that. Uh, you suppose you're going to and then I didn't hear. I'm going to cast Ice Knife. Ice Knife. Uh, make an attack, please. 
That would be a 26. Uh, I'm assuming a 26 hits, Dan. Uh, roll damage oh, yes. for me. Uh, there, uh, guy. That'll be 10 points of piercing damage. All right. Um, Dan, you take uh, 10 points of piercing damage from a burst of uh, ice that forms from the druid's hand, shooting out into the forest and uh, forcing itself upon your chest. From there, it explodes. Um, uh, Patrick? Yes. Yes. The ice I've shot does the 1d10, and then anything within five feet needs to make a dexterity saving throw. And technically, that, that would include you, Dan. So, would you make a dexterity saving throw, please, Mr. Grandpa? Charlie? <clears throat> Whoa, jeez. No, I missed it. Okay. All right, so I'll roll 2d6. All right, 2d6. That'll be five points of damage. Right. Five additional, additional points. Additional five? Yes, sir. Yes, five additional cold damage. Yep. And Gaia, uh, after loosing this uh, ice knife upon the Manticore, is that going to end your turn? Amanda, is that your, the end of your turn? I your turn. Alright, I believe you said that's going to be the end of your turn. I have a little bit of hard time understanding you this evening. I, uh, I'll work on that on my end. Um, that brings us to chat. Chat loosed a uh, javelin at the creature, and he's going to start rushing his self forward. Um, he uh, will charge forward, and as he does, loose another javelin. As he yells out, Take... <laughs> Take this from the Chad as he rolls a nine to hit. I don't think that's going to hit. As uh, this javelin passes over your head, uh, Willow, um, I'm sorry, over the magic horse head as a wide shot. Willow, it is your turn. What would you like to do? Okay. Okay, um, real quick question. Is the first javelin that was thrown, is that into the manacore, or did it fall off after striking it? Uh, we'll say it, it sticks in his back almost like a, uh, a, a, a bull might in a bullfight with swords, yes. Okay, I'm going to give uh, bardic inspiration to uh, Chad saying uh, thanks, that was the perfect opportunity. And then I'm going to cast Heat Metal um, on the javelin that is sticking into the 
Yeah. Anymore, or I, I think I get the picture. All right. So you cast heat metal on it. It's going to take a little bit of time to, to warm up. Um, once it does, it's going to be very, very bad. And on the first round, does it take any? I can't remember if it takes any damage in the first round or not. Yes. Yeah. It, uh, it's uh, it's going to be 3d8 damage uh, on the first round, and then it will take burning damage uh, if it's not able to let go of it uh, after that. All right. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and damage. roll some damage. Okay. That's 14 uh, fire damage. Okay. So you upcast it uh, to second level. Yeah. So, okay. Third level. Third level, yep. okay. All right, uh, and all right, Dan, more damage. Okay, yep. So, uh, I'm sorry, it's my turn. It is your turn, as long as at the end of yours. Right. Um, yeah, I gave a barbaration to Chad, and I, yeah, I'll stay where I'm at. So, so this, this, this group of stragglers on the road have loosed a barrage upon you that is, has you on your heels, Dan. What would you like to do? It certainly does. Uh, the, the, the creature has dropped all pretenses of arrogance at this point, and it's absolutely roaring in pain. Rage, pain, frustration, anger. You, the roars are so deep and so loud, you can actually feel the vibrations. It screams out, through, amidst the roars, it screams out, you like throw spikes? I got spikes for each of you. Believe it or not, uh, I have a, a multi-attack with his tail spikes. Three. Three attacks. So All right. I'm going to aim one at each of you. Ah. All right. Let's go ahead and get some attacks there, Dan. So who wants to go first? Let's go in initiative order, I think, would probably be the... Easy way to keep track. Yeah, so let's go Chad and then uh, Willow and then oh, no, uh, Gaia, Chad, and Willow. Hold on. Let's see. That's my 15, 8. So, uh, Chad, uh, I rolled an adjusted 18 to hit. Did you hear so, that? Oh, yeah, Chad. So, Chad takes how much damage? Chad will take, if that adjusted 18 hits him. Yes, it does. In fact, uh, Chad will take a total of nine of spike damage. Nine? All right. Nine points spike damage. Nine points of spike damage. Who's next? Okay. Uh, that would be Willow. Willow, does an adjusted 19 hit you? Yes. Yes? Yes. Willow, please enjoy... Huh. An adjusted nine points of spike damage. Okay. And last but not least would be Gaia. Okay. Gaia, does an adjusted 15 hit you? Gaia? I can't hear her. No, my AC is 16. Okay. Okay. Then, then a bunch of spikes just fly wide all around you. And, uh, you remain unscathed. The whole time, the creature is just absolutely roaring in pain and frustration. You guys can clearly see it is really, really hurt. Are you going to take it in the air, perhaps Dan? Choosing or... this round to, perhaps, perhaps choosing this round to attack instead of flee may have been a very bad tactical choice. 
but uh, its arrogance left him no other choice. Okay. I'm sorry? Uh, I was wondering if you were going to take to the air or not. It looks like you were staying, standing your ground. Yeah, I can't now, not with not having made my full round of attacks. Okay, and that is going to bring us to top of initiative, uh, being Gaia. Gaia, uh, your your friends of your friends and yourself have hit this uh, creature with a barrage of attacks and has put him on his heels. And as a uh, cornered beast, it is lashed out in frustration. Your friends take spikes to their arms and legs in a shower, and some of them land at your feet in front of you, and some just whiz past through, through your hair. What would you like to do? I will be call lightning. Oh. <laughs> Jeez, they're not taking it easy on you at all, Dan. So, <laughs> oh, you want me and my friends for just passing through? Yet you skip the night hacks. Uh uh. You see, as the druid puts her hands up in the air and begins speaking out to you mockingly, as her eyes fill with light and a cloud begins to form above you. Uh, would you like to roll an arcana there, Dan? Okay. No, no, no. no joke. Thirteen. Uh, this is definitely bad. It seems like the mage of some sort has summoned a storm, and it can be bad from this point. Um, I could have told you that without a roll. Oh, indeed, indeed. I just want to see how perspective. Per, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's, quick, it's all about perspective. We continue. Uh, uh, the burning damage is on its turn if it didn't drop the javelin. Okay. Uh, I don't believe he did, but um, Gaia, uh, as a bonus action, I believe that you can do a uh, bolt of energy from that uh, cloud. Is that correct? I believe so. Okay. Basically, I'm asking, is that the end of your turn, or are you uh, doing anything else other than casting Call Storm? Oh, I'd like to attack him if I can. Okay. Uh, so, uh... Um, Sanity save of 16. It is. So, a bolt of energy, or lightning, uh, produced from the spell, or from the cloud, Striking down in your vicinity there, Dan. Uh, I need you to make a dexterity saving throw, please. Um, Just one? Uh, yes. Oh. Uh, 16 plus 3. 19. Okay. Um, go ahead and roll. Well, you still roll 3D, 3D10. And he's going to take half of that. So, Gaia, roll 3d10 lightning damage, please. Um, mistaken. It does say at, the, uh, at my turn, as a bonus action, it continues to be heated and burn. Okay. 
I apologize. That was 18 total. 18. Okay, so you're going to take half of that damn... Uh, oh, no. Did you save? Or you saved, correct? Oof. So, uh, that's going to be half of 18, which will be 9 points of lightning damage. And is that going to end your turn there, guy? Yes. Okay. Chat. Chat, uh, continues charging forward Screaming, the chat as he begins to rage. Uh, he is going to, well, looks like he's going to attack you with a scimitar. Does he not have anything? Yes. All right. Going to attack you with a scimitar. Does a nine hit, Dan? No. Nine does not hit. So he strikes at you with his scimitar, but you uh, lunge backwards in order to keep out of its, uh, his slashing radius. And that's going to end Chad's turn. Dan, uh, I'm sorry, Willow, it's your turn. Willow, Chad is charged forward at the... Uh, Beast as uh, Gaia has summoned a spell above to cast down lightning. The javelin that you cast heat metal on still protrudes from his back. What would you like to do? He should cast a turn his mic on spell. Sorry about that. Um... Willow is going to be curious as to who the master is because he didn't explain who that was previously. Um, so I am actually going to um, cast uh, um, Detect Thoughts. Um, it's a wisdom saving throw. And uh, ask... Uh, before you die, who is it that you call master? All right, let me go ahead and get a wisdom saving throw from you, Dan, please. Uh, 15. 15, is, is that, that enough? 15 fails. No, nope, uh, it needed to be 16 or higher. So you dealt... Uh, so text thoughts allows me to know whatever it's thinking, and by asking a question, it brings those to its forefront of mind. So, Dan. Uh, may I throw a caveat in here? Go ahead. Uh, the caveat being um, the creature has been burned and stabbed and spiked in its absolute condition of rage and pain. Uh, I don't know. You were talking about what thoughts are foremost in his mind. Um, right. I would imagine the foremost thoughts at this point are thoughts of, of, of pain and anguish. Matter of fact, it's long since lost its its bravado and its roar. Now it's just screaming in anguish. Okay. Dying. That that's fair, because I can also its emotional state. Um and any By the way, anything that looms large in its mind. So that is fair. What is the what is the extra damage from the javelin, the heat metal? Right. So that is gonna be an additional uh three D eight damage. 
Yeah, okay. You don't have to roll. Okay. Um, uh, oh, whatever it is you glean from its mind in its in its last fleeting moments of, of anguish and pain, um, it just falls dead. Most likely from the javelin. Right. Yeah, I was hoping to figure out who the master was and uh, force that answer before finishing it off. As Pat might have Pat might overrule that. As you ask your query, casting your spell, trying to force your mind into the deeper recesses of the creatures, writhing in pain of and agony, you do as Dan described. Feel these sensations, or you're empathetic to it. But past that, there's a glimmer. You see some bestial creature, but not from this world. Something fiendish, but human at the same time. Like a lion. It stands proud on two legs. Something peculiar about it. Or a mantis, or whatever. It can take many forms. But one thing that's always staple is its hands. They seem so misplaced, like they're almost backwards in some way. And then and there's a name associated with the form. And then, and what was that name? Yeah. Would, the name I, I wasn't going to go with that, but we can do that if you like. Okay. Go ahead. Right. Go ahead. The, the name is Alak, Alak bin Alak. I was just going to do the image as you had mentioned the whole pain and writhing. I didn't want to give him too much, but uh, that's fine. So that name does come through, and this image bears through your mind. Um, that, of course, is information for you and you alone, and if you know what that is, by all means, but if you like to roll an arcana, or even I could go with a religion check, you uh, could do that. Right, I, I'm, I'm trying to understand who the master is and so if i gleaned anything from that i would be trying to see if i understood or recognized that individual so you said arcana or religion it's plus correct. two either way so okay um let's go on just because nope that was a five yeah I, yeah nothing doesn't ring a bell Definitely didn't seem pleasant, though. Definitely not from this world. Um, but as you guys uh, bolster yourselves in this heat of combat, the manticore, it gives its last with a great roar, uh, almost in defiance of its of its failure to <laughs> to get the better of you. Uh, companions, it gives its last and collapses, succumbing to the damage. Its heart still beats and, and slows until you can see that it breathes no more. Um, 
with that, we're going to go back to the windmill. There in the windmill, you, uh, Alia, you work with Kythos with his vowels, his draconic vowels, trying to show him and teach him about uh, how to understand some of these words as you begin to transcribe some of the spells into, are you choosing common or um, what do you know any other language that, that are maybe common between you two, uh, Chris and Kythos? So I was in the bathroom. I thought you were going to get around to Scrappy. I am. Okay. Um, my character speaks a number of languages. Um, I don't know which one is going to be the most. I've common, draconic. Elvish, Undercommon, and Primordial, which is Giant, Giant Ken. Okay. Um, of any of that, are you familiar, or is it going to be common? Kythos. Oh, so sorry, I was muted. <laughs> I know Abyssal, Common, and Infernal. So it looks like it's Just probably going to be common. Uh, it's common. So you begin transcribing some of these uh, spells that are written in, um, in Draconic into uh, common for him as a knock comes at the door. A knock? On your door. There's Somebody the is... You have a visitor. It appears. Right. Open the door. It is a face you haven't seen for a while. Alistair. He seems to have come out of his lighthouse finally. Come to pay you a visit. Alistair? I look at him like, I'm like, where have you been? You don't have to knock. You can just come on in. Andrew? If you're there. I hope. I hope he didn't fall asleep. Sorry, I was muted. I, I just go off and I say, well, it'd be rude not to knock. Well, just know that moving forward, you don't have to knock. Cool. I mean, we were the traveling... He's the traveling companion that I, I came to this, this continent with, so... I've known him longer than I've known the rest of the party, so... Um, with that being said, my character goes off and, and just flat out asks, so uh, what I miss? A whole lot of... Ooh, care to fill me in on it and why most of the party isn't together from what I notice? Uh, currently, it's and, and from what I've seen, everybody is kind of like dealing with their own little mini crisis and dealings right now, all this turmoil going on in the town. So, we're kind of all separate. And, kind of split up at the moment. Very, very nice. Um, you know, if y'all, if, if anything, you're more specific question. 
Um, what have you been up to? Like, you doing? Me? Yes. Well, uh, once I got Ruby kind of trained in, in this spot, and, uh, we've got the, uh, other issue in the woods kind of taken care of, I've kind of been trying to evaluate the situation in this town based on the, the fire problems to the north to whether or not I think I should we should stay and try to salvage the town or if I should help lead refugees south and away from the danger. And to be honest, I'm leaning toward leading refugees south and away from danger. Um, is this a wildfire we're dealing with or is it worse? No, there's some sort of like mass issue of fire-based creatures that are coming from the north and fire elementals are the forward welcoming community um, at this point. Gotcha. Um, you know, the option of heading south is not a bad idea. And if you're going to do that, I'll help. Well, it's really not up to me. It's up to the town leaders and the people that live in the town. Uh, so, oh, I see where we're at. Not to mention, um, going that direction, I think we would have a troll problem, too. So what you're saying is we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Or, or a, hot, a hot spot and a slimy spot. Gotcha. Andrew. It's like, well, at least I know the chaos is still going on, so I'm glad that's that's a thing. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Um. So, with everything that's going on, and all the reading you've been doing, you've come across. You've come across uh, many uh, many foretellings of things that may or will or could come. Omens. Some of them talk about the returning of a of a dark god, and some of those omens are kind of the writing on the wall that you're seeing surrounding the events of Red Clover Fields. These beasts beginning to become more bold. And even these creatures, these fiendish creatures, attacking the mortal plane. Can I, can I presume that these creatures are creatures of fire? Indeed. Um... Did my uh, above game? Did my character write any of this down? Uh, you you've been you've been in the. We'll just say that the lighthouse is filled with a lot of different uh, volumes. So of course you can go back and revisit it, and we'll we'll touch base on the specifics of it. But it, it's it's a lot. Yeah. But you are brought of it already from the time that you played with me, as you've been playing back since. 2021 on here in discord with me before we ever started going live 
So you're privy to a lot of different information that these some of these players wouldn't even wouldn't even know. Um, talking to Chris's character, uh, Chris, what's your what's your character's name again? Alia. So talking to Alia, uh, I tell her like, wait, hold on. Did you say up north there are creatures of fire disturbing the peace? Yeah. So I'm yeah, not saying about- this. So I'm not saying this might be a bad thing, but while away on my studies, I might have read up on something about this. Well, if we decide we wanted to go up there and do something about it, we'd probably need the whole party to go together. Right. I'm just giving you though of this might be something to talk. And if you want any help on that problem, I know where we could probably find some answers. Okay. Where would that be? Um, in a lighthouse. Oh, the one in the middle of the... Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, a number of, uh, like, Lucius and a couple other people were dealing with the lighthouse. Although I'm not really sure where Lucius is right now. Well, if we're going to meet, if we're going to, if you, if you are planning on on facing the fire creatures problem head on, it's best we find Lucius as quick as we can. Okay, so, uh, Kythos, what do you, uh, what is your character, is your character done transcribing spells, or did you need help with that, or what, what are you up to? Kythos? Curtis, you there? I'm out here. He's out here with me. Okay. So, uh, so are you going to continue working on your spells? So, the three of us, <laughs> us want to go find Lucius and see about a uh, conversation about all this. Sure, let's go. I mean, we can we can put these uh, the studies on hold for a minute. And uh, we can leave your master. We can leave uh, his master, this is master here to kind of heal up. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So you uh, decide to get together and go in search of Lucius. Lucius. Matt, are you there? Any other members of the party we can find to try to kind of get a group consensus of what we think the best course of action would be? Uh, Matt. Yeah. All right. Matt, you are still across the river. Fire all around you. Dragons flying through the sky. While you are engulfed in this flame and you've been meditating on it, thinking on it, feeling, becoming one with it, trying to understand. 
Uh, and to that end, you feel as though when you concentrate hard enough, you can make it dim or glow. Brighter or dimmer. And you've been playing around with that for a little bit. <laughs> um, but the glow still persists. So you're still glowing. But you seem to have found some control over it to where you can dim it. Or, you know, flame on Johnny Storm. Stop, you know. Lucius is the human torch now. Working on it. <laughs> so, um, if it if it's just straight up not going away, um, we can try to burn off some of the heat. Just fire off some Eldritch Blasts and some bonfires and just make fire and see if I can burn off some excess because um, I don't have much of an excuse why I'm on fire. Um. <coughs> so Sorry. the idea is to let out some of the... Uh, fire that to see if uh, that helps cool me off. Okay, so you begin firing off your fire laser at trees for target practice, uh, shooting off this energy, trying and you know, harnessing as it were. Meanwhile, Kythos, Alistair, Alia, you leave the lighthouse. Or, sorry, you leave the uh, wind and begin making your way towards the bridge. Well, into the heart of town. And across from the bridge, you're seeing a lot of bright lights. And you're hearing the sounds of explosions. Uh, you're not certain where Lucius is right now. But you wonder if this might be a good place to start looking. As, as you watch, a burst of fire engulfs or flies up into the air, centered from this great plateau in the distance. It continues to soar and crashes yet again into the force field that uh, covers the city. This shield, this magical barrier, where it ex where it impacts the you see it waver a bit as it almost fails altogether it seems to dull in appearance and this light and explosions from beyond continue what would you like to do 
Chris, Andrew, yeah. and Curtis. Still on you. So we 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 found Lucius. Well, you see, of course, it's a bunch of uh, light flashes across the river, and hear the sounds of explosions uh, that are so synonymous with. And his elders. Yeah, head that way. Yeah, the yep. four, three of us head that direction. Right. Sounds like, sounds like someone we know. So you guys make your way across town. You make your way across town to the bridge. Uh, it's still late at night, and most of the patrons in town have already retired to either the inn or their own abode. Few tread on the on the streets this late, but still, some of the guards from the town they do on uh, or patrol the streets, trying to keep it safe. They look in wonder and dismay at these lights, and I wonder if uh, they see you guys coming. Ah, off to investigate. We uh, were thinking about putting together a party, but seems <laughs> as though you have a handle. We'll we'll let you guys deal with this. Some of these soldiers that a lady Eliza, Alyssa brought. These Camarian soldiers. So you guys continue making your way towards the bridge. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Not gonna mess around with those soldiers that are brave and investigate a little bit of crackling in the distance. As you make your way uh, to the bridge, upon the top of it, you can look down below and you see Lucius there uh, shooting his elders' blast into the forest. Uh, you see fires explode and are engulfed in flame. Lucius himself seems engulfed in flame, much like when you fought the trolls and he uh, floated up above you all and uh, turned himself into a fire, fiery blaze then with immense power. He puts that on display. What would you like to do? Um, you said there's fire around him? Oh yeah, he's engulfed in fire. You've never seen this before, but, but some of the party members have seen him like this before. Uh, but to you, it'd be all an yeah, ordeal. Yeah, you see Lucius engulfed in flame, and shooting from him is these bolts of uh, green energy from his Elgin Blast that are then accompanied by a great fire which explodes uh, into the trees, sending them apart and casting them, or setting them upon fire and casting them apart. I, I look to both both my companions and I'm like, is this a normal thing? Um, first time yeah. seeing him this way. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, this would be the first time we've seen it this way. 
Not that I'm normally... Not that I know of. Anyone it's... know how to get his attention? Do I notice them? Uh, we'll say that you... Uh, you see... Three figures upon the... Uh, coming up on the bridge. You recognize them as some of your companions. So yes. So where the uh, is this where the lights and the flashing were coming from, or is it from across the bridge? It seems to be the source. The source is Lucius. Of course, the whole you know forest being on fire that also good. I'll, uh, I'll try to, I'll try to, try to dim the power a bit, see if I can get it, uh, manageable. Make a concentration check. Um, is that just, uh, a con save? Would be correct. Uh, 19. Okay. You see your companions coming across the bridge, and you concentrate rain, dimming it down. You see it recede, and it flashes out. It's gone. Um, are you okay? Oh uh, yeah, I'll I'll approach him and say, uh, yeah, I'm I'm okay. I'm experimenting with a uh, a new power that uh, you may have seen me when when I got the trolls that came over me, and I'm trying to access it at will. However, I was unable to put myself out, so I was trying to release some of the magical energy um, so that I could return to normal. Well, you learned something new, or I learned something new, too, and I'm going to show him, you know, uh, the flame, a little flame crystal. Okay. So he produces a small flame in his hand, a blue flame. Like, like uh, his master did previously. A uh, small cantrip, special education. He performs a minor trick. This is coming in the form of blue flame, right? Yeah. Appearing in his hand. I can do fire too. Well, kind of. Hmm. A fellow caster. You, uh, I welcome you into the fold. I thank you. Hey. And if I've I known do say so myself, of, that's an excellent choice of element. 
Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Pyromaniac. Well, being, being a cave thing, it all kind of fits. <laughs> I feel like uh, I picked a very fitting image for this evening. That's you on low volume, right? I guess. It's also funny because this photo was picked long before uh, I think I, I, that power was discovered. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, I suppose. Lucius is a flamer. <laughs> Well, I guess he is in a way. Uh, you guys uh, find Lucius there, and of course he's got this new power and so forth. So we, uh, um, so any other questions, guys, or are you guys content with his answer? I'm, I guess I'm. I'm content with his Chris? answer, but like I said, I was content with the answer, but. I still think we need to head across the bridge to see where the rest of the light show is coming from. You're there. You're at the light show. The whole forest is on fire, and there is among it. You're there, dude. The light show, I think, was me endlessly firing off 240-foot laser beams of Eldritch Blast trying to release some of the uh, energy I had. Are you, uh, so it wasn't the other half of the party fighting the Manticore? Missed all no, the Manticore is already gone. But we don't, Manticore yeah, was a different group. <laughs> Willow, uh, Chad, and, and Amanda, and they're still out there with that. We're going to get back to them in a minute. This is Andrew Curtis. Yeah, I know who it is. And Matt. Alright. Seems like you're not really sure what's going on. Okay. No, I was I thought we were seeing the after effects of that other battle from the town and we were trying and we came upon Lucius on the way. Yeah, you guys aren't even aware we saw doing that. Right. Yeah, you're not aware of of Gaia's uh, Night Hag or the Magical. Okay. All right. No problem. Case, then, uh, while we're at the bridge, wasn't part of the concern was to make sure the fire elementals couldn't cross the bridge? Yeah. Has that at all been done? Delmont was putting together. Delmont was putting together something. Okay. Then uh, the last thing we want to do is disturb or set him back on what he's doing. So, um, by the way, it is actually nighttime right now. Now it's like I, I want to make sure everyone knows that that it, it is like eleven o'clock at night in in the game. It's like almost midnight. All right. I want to make sure you guys are clear. It was very late in the day. Where, where, 
Where were you guys headed? So, uh, Alias gonna invite everybody back to the windmill to check on Kaitos's uh master and kind of just regroup and and uh where what our plans are moving forward. So uh with that we're gonna switch over as you invite everyone back to the water with the windmill. Uh Sounds like travel to me. Meanwhile, we're going to make our way back to Gaia, Willow, and the Chad. As they stand over the corpse of their recent kill. This beast, this manticore. And with that, what would you guys like to do? Um, I'm going to once again try to persuade um, the other two to try and return to town. Maybe this is not the best time to be... Uh, wandering around in hopes of finding some uh, mythical grove. Um, you know, maybe we should be doing this as a party. Yeah, you do notice it's very late. Chad suggests, well, maybe we should just make camp. I don't the fires are going to get to us that quick. Uh, we could surely make camp for the end, for the the forest we traveled through wasn't even on fire, so I think it's safe at least. What do you think, Guy? I think something. <laughs> okay, let's go ahead and uh, and make camp then. Um, I will go ahead and, and uh, take first watch perched up in a tree. Can can we see if uh, if we can rouse Guy real quick, Matt? We'll be finishing up shortly here. I know it's very late. We'll be finishing up here shortly. Uh, so we're back out to to you all, uh, Gaia, Willow, and Chad, as you stand over the corpse of the Manticore. Willow is trying to convince you to go back to Red Clover Fields, uh, as Chad uh, says, maybe it maybe it would be better to make camp and then continue our journey in the morning. What do you think, guy? Where do you want to go back to town? It's late. It's like. It's almost midnight. Make camp. Okay. So, <clears throat> chat with you. Uh, are you gonna make camp with them, or are you gonna brave the the night and make your way back to Red Clover Fields uh, towards the hours of midnight, closing? In? Uh, I'm gonna make camp. 
No, no. Um, given that it's that night has actually fallen upon us uh, with the fight and my own phobia of those night hags, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and agree to set up camp. Um, like I said, I'll take first watch. Uh, I'll, I'll perch up in a tree um, where I can clearly see the other two uh, resting and uh, try to make myself uh, as invisible as possible, obviously be, you know, a green fairy. All right. So can I get some survival checks from Gaia and Willow, please? Sixteen. Sixty. Oh, I'm sorry. I clicked. Still a sixteen. Okay. <laughs> Guy, what about you? I'm doing the math. Eighteen. Gaia likes to roll her own die. Math is fun. Eighteen. So you guys work together and you <laughs> find a uh, we are anything. Ice clearing. Uh, you can hear me. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me now? Yes. I apologize. So, uh, you guys find a nice place to make make camp in a clearing. You can hear the sounds of the uh, running from the river that you are nearby. And you do get a fire started. And make a nice little nesting for the two of you. Uh, perhaps, Willow, you find a nice little snook in a tree. Uh, Gaia, maybe you loom beneath one, cradled in its embrace, as you normally would in the roots of the tree. You don't need a bed. Nature is your bed. And it's been a while since you've been with it. And so you nestle in the, in the base of the tree while Willow in the bed above. Chad says, I'll keep watch. he let you two get some rest. <clears throat> Guy, you wake in the morning. Notice your companions are gone. Willow and Chad both abandoned. Seems Chad has taken his belongings as well. Left you nestled in the tree. You look around for your companions, you can find them nowhere. Can't find any sign of them either. The smoke begins to almost choke you. It's getting even stronger these days. This morning, any other before you, you can hear the sounds of the fire roaring. You can hear the sounds of the fire roaring uh, as the blaze begins to burst from the trees that surround you. The trees, they, uh, they come between you and the river forcing you against it. 
the heat from the flames. It's so intense. Where are your friends? Why have they abandoned you? What would you like to do? Amanda. Yep. You'd like to do? There you are, completely surrounded by fire. It pins you against the river. There's nowhere for you to go. Your friends have abandoned you. You're all alone. What would you like to do? Probably at this point, I'm freaking out, wondering where they went. You look around into the flames, see no sign of them. The fire draws closer and closer, snaking through the glass, almost serpent. It licks at you, promising to burn you alive. Feel the intense heat upon you, and you hear. <laughs> What would you like water? to do? Yes. I'm going to walk into the water. Fire can get me if I'm in water. You back up. Not sure where the laughter came from. Fire would surely kill you. You step into the water. Cold. Cold embrace. It's welcoming. You allow your body to be submerged, protect you from the heat. You drift out. Quickly, you seem to be caught in a current, taking you down below the waves. You struggle. You struggle to swim. <laughs> keep afloat. Go ahead and make me a uh, make me a strength. Or athletics. Well, for athletics, that would be a nat 20 for a total of 24. You flail and, and you claw, and then you find the air. Quickly, you use the energy within you, the forces of nature that become one with you. You feel the water reach up and plunge you, pluck you, as it were, up, force you above to gasp once more. You feel it safely take you to the other side and rest you on the bank. The fire, it like a wall, it closes in but cannot come between you and the water. Come, come across the water to you. Sorry. You find... A vast forest and hills behind you. Darkness looming in. You look around. Still, your friends, there's no sign of them. What would you like to do? I guess I want to try to look for my friends. All right. You 
want to go deeper into the woods or keep with the river, make your way perhaps back west towards the town or continue to try to find this grove, maybe. Well, you make a perception check. Go ahead and do that, though, for sure. Yeah. You said perception check. Yes, to look for signs of your friends. That's a 21. Okay. So you look around your friends, but are you going to make your way back towards town maybe or continue off into the uh, wilderness looking for this grove? Morning is upon you. A new day. Fire or no fire? What are you going to do? I get... I, I'm going to try to just look for signs whichever direction I'll go backwards not backwards you look around back. frantically trying to find any sign of your friends and you see the beating of wings high above the trees like a butterfly singing <laughs> musical bug you think you remember and a smile comes upon your face. And then you see disappear into the trees. You call out, Willow, Willow, where are you going? But she doesn't stop. She continues on, making her way to Red Clover Fields, leaving you there in the wilderness alone. What would you like to do? Um... I think at this point it might be more wise to just head towards the grove. Because there might be a reason that she can't hear me, supposedly. You, uh, begin your way off alone. No one to help you. Just you. And slowly, you open your eyes as Chad, he places his hand upon your and you wake up. says, are you okay? You were having some sort of episode. I was having a nightmare. Where's Willow? Go ahead and roll a D10. That'll be a one. Reduce your maximum hit points. One. <clears throat> you look up and see Willow looking good. He, he looks down curiously, wondering what that was all about. You heard her scream. Willow! Where are you going? And 
And then okay. Chad woke her up. Um, they had already mentioned running into the Night Hags. Um, and I had experience with them. Is there any way that I would be able to draw a conclusion that um, she's being haunted by one? By what you ascertain, yeah. We'll say you could Okay, I'm going to try to persuade her to calm down, let her know that uh, as long as she takes the next watch uh, and stays awake, that uh, they can't get to her. I'm just glad to see you two are I didn't know where you were. Um, I'm going to try and be soothing, uh, maybe even give a bardic inspiration. Yeah, I'm going to give yeah. a bardic inspiration. Well, you've definitely inspired me to hit my pipe. And with that, you take a token as you do spark yourself a little morning dupe or midnight dupe, as it were. We're going to go back to the watermill. As you guys arrive, Tythos, Alric, Alia, and Lucius into the uh, windmill, you uh, can hear snoring coming from the loft above. I'm going to go up there and at least check on him. But I know that he's snoring. Just, just make sure that he's doing okay in his bleeding out of his leg and stuff like that. So when you make your way up, you can actually, the first thing you do is actually your group. And she's actually sitting right above him. She's made some kind of like bed for him. And he's laid into like and he's just there with one leg swinging him back and forth as, as he snores. As own almost a like, one animated spider. Oh, okay. But yeah, he looks he looks content. Ruby's got a dick. Good job, Ruby. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm going to toss her a little bit of speed or something. <laughs> you throw a bug in her web. <laughs> <laughs> More like a cat. <laughs> nice <Sorry>. snowball. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, yeah, you make your way back down after, uh, finding that, that game is fine. Uh, so what do you guys want to do? You guys have made your way back to the water mill, or the windmill. Sorry. Uh, game seems fine. What do you want to do? The safe place to stand is right here for now. So that majority or a good portion of the company or the party with us. And it's yeah, nighttime. Just want to rest with 
What? And, and it's nighttime. It's like midnight, right? right? Yeah, it's late. Meaning for the characters. So yeah. I offer my I offer my place for a place to crash and we can uh gather the missing members of the party in the morning and uh try to figure out a plan as to share information because a bunch of us haven't even been together for a couple sessions. I agree. Figure out what maybe the best course of action should be. I mean, Alia and Kaitos have been together quite a bit, so I'm fully aware of what's going on with him. <laughs> yeah. I have you have your new well, new old friend that we need to talk to and catch up with that you need to. So as far as I'm concerned, we can just stay here for the night. Uh, um, I can fill you in that. Uh, I can fill you in that the, the mayor of Red Clover Fields and the noble men that uh, showed up expecting us to meet with them in the morning. I think it was, uh, who was it that went into that meeting? Was it Chad? Um, I think so. Pat stepped away for a minute. Yeah, I'm back. Uh, back. Uh, yeah, you uh, you guys do have a town meeting coming up, or a meeting among founding members of the town, as it were, that Chad had arranged. And you look forward to that meeting as you make your arrangements for sleeping tonight. And with that, we're going to conclude this week's session. Thank you for joining us. Next week, we're going to get into some Gersh's drop. But before then, I'm inside. He probably can't hear me, but I'm inside, Gersh. You're fine. I snuck my puppy running into the shed door. Ah, I rolled a natural 20 on my stealth. I disappeared. Anyway, (laughs) um, until next time, it's been a it's been a pleasure. Be kind to each other. We're all in this together. All right, guys. Go ahead and say goodnight. And I did realize that I have on top of the night. Everybody have a good night. All right. Good night. <laughs>